Tasty Chops podcast is brought to you by TastyChops.net. It's a sample service for producers and beat makers. If you make beats, don't sleep on this. Every single day, I'm going to send you dope samples chopped up into 16 little pieces ready for you to use. All you got to do is add drums and you got fire. You could try it out for free at TastyChops.net. It's not really for your puffy eyes, but I guess no, no, it is. that's for your butthole in your puffy eyes, then... No, no, no. It's a beauty secret. It's a beauty secret they use where they will put preparation age under your eyelids on set. It's apparently on set and on uh, like on morning shows. They do this a lot. It's like a secret. A trade. You're fucking with me. This, there's no I'm way this is real. I'm absolutely not. Do you have any preparation age lying around? Because you kind of need it. You're, you're, you're looking really I look snaggy. ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I know, no, I can, this is unpresentable. Yeah, I can't do anything with this. What am I going to do with this? <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay, well, yeah, give me a, I mean, give me a second, sure, hold on. I'm being totally <laughs> serious that, that they use Preparation Edge on set to uh, depuffify people. That's some, some real industry insider shit that, like, the people need to know. Like, we needed to know that. I think that's, it's, you're probably right. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. I don't know why. We're right. just bringing we just... value right at the jump. Like, we, we sat right, down, right. we didn't even have no small talk. We got right into putting Preparation Edge on your... <laughs> I really, I gotta, I gotta be honest. I really, I really am about value because so many of like, you know, like we go, to, you go to panels or you listen to podcasts, and there's so much fluff, and no one gets to anything real, and right. there's a we lot have of just to get like right down to the topics that matter. And yeah, we do. that's why we're here today. We do, we do. So I thank the bags under your eyes for getting us to uh, <laughs> to figure out. I mean. I'm a hopeless insomniac, and so it's like it's just what it's just what it is. So I mean, do you spend a lot of time researching stuff like this? Like putting and for people that don't know, like preparation H is hemorrhoid cream. Like you, yes. So putting cream for what you would generally be putting for the veins in your butthole. It was like before Botox, there was preparation H. I mean, it kind of makes sense, you know, because like uh, Visine actually works if you have like redness on your skin. This is something mm. I found out. Is it? Uh, yeah. It's either Visine or Clear Eyes. One of them works differently than the other. You put it on like some redness on your skin, it goes away and makes it not red anymore. Anyway, Tasty Chop Podcast. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Uh, today's guest is a good friend of mine. We've seen some things. We've done some things. Mm. Been some places. I'll spare you the life story, but he's a he's a masher of the pads from Toronto, Canada, and his name is Andrew Kilgore. He goes by Fresh Kills. Bam, 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 air horn. Bam, bam. Yep. How you been, bro? I've been good. I've been uh, sleepless in Toronto. <laughs> you were uh, you were just on some travels in uh, Atlanta, right? You were at A3C. No. Nope. Mistaken? Not, not I. Not I. Although, I like I like the idea that like your idea that or like I, if i'm permanently on the road then i might as well have been right that you might as well i might as well accept that i was at atlanta at <laughs> like, yeah of course i was there where was that you sent me a set like a beat set and you were like this is my first ever beat set i worked really oh. hard on this okay so yeah the, the, i guess the confusion there is uh yeah because it was basically the beat community here in toronto did a controller rise we, we, uh, they partnered uh -huh. with with stone drums and he came to Toronto, did a controllerize here in Toronto, and uh, during that weekend did like um, what's called, uh, well, it's a the build is like a it's a collective arts community that does these intimate little beat showcases, mm. um, and I yeah I did one there and op opened for him which was you know like intimidating and 
fun and all, <laughs> you know, like exciting and anxious, anxiety, you know, um, inducing all at once. Why, why would you, because uh, you've been doing this for such a long time, what makes this different for you that it gives you the heebie-jeebies? It's interesting that because when it first came up, I thought of you immediately, uh, actually. <laughs> and the reason that I did is because when you and I talked about, oh my lord, and how long ago is this? I don't know, but uh, you and I were talking about doing, um, I think it was Exploded Drawing we were talking yeah. about. I was interested in doing that event, and you were saying to me, because you'd done it, Mm-hmm. And it's such a great event. First of all, I want to I want to shout them out because they're awesome. And uh, I was at their event at South by a couple years ago, and like, you, I took my shoes off at the door, and it was like catered, and it was just like yeah. a really awesome experience. They're doing a cool thing down there. Shout out to Sound Founder, but yeah, for real. So I I wanted to do it, and so I was asking you about like, hey, you know, what what what? How do I do it? Like, what do you think? And and I remember you telling me you're like, well, look, you know, they don't want mashup. They're looking for original material mm-hmm. which of course for me it was like it's difficult because when i'm on the mpc and like my sets are usually they're typically built out of doing big songs that you know mash up things and and like right. and that's sort of born out of you know when i started doing it in like literally the early 2000s there was no there was no precedence for it so no one knew what i was doing and i got cut from tour and stuff like i like it, it hurt like my attempt to try to get on stage and things like that i, I got cut from tour for example because it was just like people didn't know what I was doing, so it wasn't really worth me being on stage backing an MC where they could just press play on their instrumentals or whatever. So I basically endeavored to try to like, how do I sell this thing? Like, how do I make people kind of understand what I'm doing? And so the way I got around that was like, okay, I'm going to use Led Zeppelin or I'm going to use mm-hmm. something, something you know. Manipulating I, things that people already know so that the surprise element you know, it, it draws people in. It's like, well, I'm hearing this thing that I've already heard a million times in a totally new and different way, and I never thought it goes along with this other thing that I know that, you know? Like, you're, yeah. Yeah, and, and, your, your whole thing is on that familiarity. Because I've seen you take so many different types of rooms. I'm sorry to interrupt you and cut you off, but like one, one thing I loved about going on tour with you and watching you, we played such a variety of different types of venues, and some some rooms my stuff worked and some rooms yeah. my stuff didn't work and it was all my stuff and like i just have my stuff that i'm playing you came out with and i literally haven't seen a room that you can't win over just on the the combination of like showmanship and this element of familiarity but also like you're taking something that they're familiar with and like completely flipping it in a very right. like visual way anyway that, that was just my commentary no, I, on what I, I watched i appreciate you saying that and, and but it's definitely born out of this idea that the people in the stage did, on the in the crowd didn't know what i was doing right so it's like it mashing up something they know endears you them to the craft like they can kind of go okay like i see what he's doing there mm-hmm. um and of course like my pads didn't light up when i first started and <laughs> so, um and like i went through all these things like i was confronted for ghosting and i got like i got headbutted in the face last year for for because they thought i was ghosting my set and like faking things and stuff and just like wait just, somebody just, headbutted you in the face yeah no yeah yeah you got hold on i have to hit okay. on that you have to tell me the story about the time you got headbutted in the face andrew <laughs> Yeah. What are you I, doing? Don't bury the lead. You no, should have just walked right, instead of leading with Preparation H, you should have walked right into the podcast and been like, Tony, I got headbutted in the face <laughs> for ghosting a set. And you, you don't ghost sets. I've seen how you play. Exactly. Like I've seen, I've definitely seen people that are not actually doing it. And I like, I watched you from like five feet away. Like I've seen what you yeah. do. You're not ghosting. 
There's, there's no, no gimmick there. Obviously, like, obviously, I'm not ghosting, but there are things. Absolutely, your pads are cut into quarter notes where you have multiple instruments on each pad, and mm -hmm. you're playing them out in longer sequences than just one hit. So there's like a kick and a hat, and it's yeah. spread across a quarter note. And so you're able to play just quarter notes all the way through instead of hitting every single exactly. thing, but that allows you to do more elaborate and cool shit. So there's sure. that's not ghosting. No, you're those are doing longer samples. Yeah, those are creative decisions. Yeah. Uh, but 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 there are there are things that I that I do over the years that I realized and of course it took like it took physical confrontation for me to go oh yeah okay like why what, how am I provoking this kind of reaction what am I doing like what's my like okay so there's things that I do like with my hands where I would swipe the cue sliders and stuff and I because mine sort of I get into a dance a little bit because of the way that I finger drum the system that I set up it's kind of like it's almost like hand drumming and I get into a rhythm so the there's times where I'm movements that don't necessarily correlate with with sounds or whatever. Anyway, like they're just rhythmical, like rhythmic points, like like your bass player bobbing your head, like the bob head bob doesn't make the beat go, but it sure. keeps you in rhythm, you know. Like, you know, like you don't want to go from rest, like you don't want necessarily every hit can't be like from a resting position because right. then you'd be off. You want, it's like yeah, like you're spray painting on the wall, like the the full motion of your body. You know what I mean? Like yes. a lot of times you have to remain in motion. A hundred percent. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. And so so there's that, and there's like you know sometimes there are some pre sequences going where I'm playing over top of pre sequences. Mm -hmm. There are times where I'm like just like you said, like where I, I'm pressing a pad that has like a hi hat, like maybe like a, a whole quarter note, or maybe sometimes two full notes of of, of hi hats playing out, so that. I don't have to use an entire hand just playing hi-hats, which was really the, the problem that I endeavored to solve at the beginning. So I was like, well, you know, I'm not going to just, what am I going to do? Like Stand one hand hi-hat. hats all set. Yeah, yeah I get that. So, uh, I mean, there's an art to doing that as well. And there, there's like these manual dexterity dudes that like are just really gifted drummers. And they and that's what they're playing mainly. But they've got all the all the loops or the, the, the melodic stuff that's playing under it. Yeah. It's pick or choose. You only have two hands, 10 fingers, you know? Like there, yeah. there's only so much you can do. So if you want to free up the, those fingers from those limitations, like sometimes you're playing longer patterns. But like, hold up, let's touch on like, what exactly is wrong with that? Like, is there something wrong? That goes back to that argument of like, you're not spinning real vinyl. Like you're not skinning your own goats to make drum skins to build your own drums. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Backs, bro. Oh, that's amazing. I, lo yeah. I love that. You're not skinning your own drums. Yeah, totally. Sorry, you're, fake. Yeah. You're, not, you're not a real drummer because you didn't go kill a <laughs> fucking. You know what I mean? Like, it, it, there's nothing wrong with doing things that make it easier for you to make your ideas come out of the speakers. Ultimately, like me personally, until I like, and I've said this so many times on here, but like, until I like what you do, I don't give a fuck how you made what you made. You know what I'm saying? Like, if it, sound, if it slaps, then like, okay, now I'm asking questions. Now I'm curious, like, how did you accomplish that? And like, what you're doing is, is like, you're always trying to push how much stuff you can cue live. And, you, and your rubric, your your metric is that you, you're doing it live. Like everything is done. You're not up there playing, pressing play on a song. Like I go up on stage and I, I have like a song on each one of my pads. I'm just like queuing effects and doing visual stuff. And like my, the engagement that I create is like on a, in a different way. You're literally up there manipulating almost every sound 
as you go on and for someone to be like oh, i'm gonna headbutt you in the face oh, okay, this, yeah. not actually doing it for real when you really are doing it for real you dude i've seen you it's, smack your face into the pads bro yeah. <laughs> play a guitar solo with your face I, I like what you're saying though i like what you're saying because you know because you, you're making decisions you're an entertainer right like for, so we, we you know we like for your set one of the things i loved about your set like the visuals the visuals and then obviously I, you know, and Fester, shout out Fester, who we loved you rapping on your set. And we, we like, and it was so funny because uh, I liken your rap portion of your set as it's almost like, because like, I don't finger drum my whole set, you know, right. like you make, you make a decision about where you're going to highlight things. And so when you pulled out a microphone on your set and you're like murdering a 16, stop. And, and then you stop, right? Everyone's like, we're all just like, yo, like, I, we want you to rap more. Like, oh my God, please. <laughs> like, you're so good. Like, what the, what the hell? Oh, um, man. But the thing is, is you're setting it up, right? And you're making those decisions. And like, you know, for me on the NPC, it was like, you know, like, you make those decisions. Like, what's, I'm not going to finger drum all set. I'm going to like, I'm going to be flashy during parts that make sense to be flashy. Right. And I'm going to work backwards. Like, what's the highest impact thing I can do? Like, we're entertainers at the end Just of the day. Just keep it moving and keep it yeah. engaging, you we're know? Like, if you stood there and did any one thing the whole time, it would get stale. It's and so funny. even just to entertain yourself, yeah. just to keep it moving and have like, cause like, yeah, it, it gets, it's not engaging even to just be standing up there, even just to play the same set every night. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, yeah. and so like to, to give yourself all these different ways that you can improvise and lengthen things and shorten things, you know, like it, it's, that's a, a whole other element. That'll... Don't you think that that's interesting though? Like, like one of the things that, like that really bothers me sometimes when you look at, like for example, um, Jay Black, uh, killer on the pads. Like, shout out Jimmy. Yeah, he was on the show. He was on here. Uh, yeah, a couple. Is of that stuff. right? He's yeah. so he's so dope. And like the nature of social media now, and and the way that you that way that you promote yourself, especially as like a producer or maybe a pad drummer or whatever you want to call yourself, is that like you got to have that consistency. So you got to do, you got to keep doing. You just gotta keep putting out content. Right. So like, you know, for him, and I've heard people say things like, oh, you know, they get bored of Jay. And I'm just like, like, this is, first of all, because he does the same thing every time. And my, meanwhile, I, I hate the way that that, that that it's sort of built now where in order for him to maintain, like he has to maintain a consistency. So he's got to keep putting out videos. Right. And that's the way you get big. But at the same it's time, it's a catch twenty-two, in it. It's a catch twenty-two, and I yeah. think it's so stupid because people are like, well, not people. I mean, it's ridiculous because he's incredible, and I, like, it's it's not. You can't take anything away from him. So so when someone's like, oh, I saw his set, but I was like, you know, I was sort of underwhelmed at some point from the, you know, him doing the same thing over time. I'm just like, are you crazy? This is one of he's the best. He's one of the best finger drummers in the world. Like, appreciate, respect. Yeah, this, Jay, is, this is what he has to do and what he's done to be become a, to be at the top. Catch twenty two, and I liken it to like, think of like Jay Leno or like a, a daily comedy yeah. monologue where like you watch Jay Leno and you're like, damn, this should get stale. And I don't think that when I look at Jimmy, like to be clear, like I don't think no, that don't at all when I, I don't either. That's at again, all. and I feel bad even even invoking that at all. Dude, dude, but... No, it's fine. We're talking. It's spicy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. But, <laughs> but like, but uh, I I don't feel that about Jimmy. But think about it like this: is like, dude is on there making like three to five joints a day. Like, how are oh you? You can't. 
I mean, just the fact that he still has ideas is mind-blowing. And, and like, yeah. he and he's just exuding, like, so much fun while he's doing it. Like, if you don't appreciate yeah. what you're seeing, you don't understand what you're seeing. But in terms of, like, in terms of bringing this crazy, weird niche thing that we do to a mainstream level or popularizing it, that dude is a pioneer, For okay? Sure. And, like... I, and I just, it's just, it's, cause it's funny too, cause like back at, I wouldn't do a new routine. Like when I started, I wouldn't do a new routine until I learned a new trick. Like until I learned a new thing. Right. It wasn't like. Jimmy just come up with an idea and turn the camera on it. I mean. Try it out. But, yeah. But it's killer. And it's, it's almost like the nature of the beast now is you've got to do this. You've got to be consistent and you've got to keep putting out content. Yeah. Uh, which I love too. But it just like, I, I really. I just feel like it is that catch twenty two that that kind of like I don't know it just it bothers me sometimes. You gotta keep feeding it, but like not every idea is worth blasting. Sometimes. Like feeding it, yeah. yeah, but feeding it works against you creatively in sometimes. some ways. Yeah, sometimes. And it's just like it's easy to burn out. Yeah. 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 Like I was and talking to Illingsworth about that. Like it, it's sometimes you just gotta take a breather. You know. Yeah. Uh, I want to go back to talking about the build because that set what was really difficult for me. And again, I thought of you right away. And throughout it was was talking about this idea of like being an being original, which is hilarious. Like as a sampling producer too, like where is that line and what does that mean? And I don't like sometimes I don't know. And you know, and, and the idea of them asking me not to sample or something was just like no. It, I I think what they had told me was like they didn't want a DJ set. You know, like they yes. wanted me to they wanted me to play my own stuff. Yeah. They didn't. I didn't. There was no like specification. Like, don't play any sampled stuff. Like, they, it's a very sample heavy, you know, the genre. But like, it was more like we don't want you coming out playing other producers' types. Right. That was the. And I think that was like implied. I don't know that that yes. was like explicitly like, hey man, <laughs> don't play DJ stuff. Yeah. But they they wanted producers to play their own stuff. That's what yeah. they were asking for. Yeah. So for example, on the build, what their their main concern was, uh, you know, because they have a YouTube channel, they're building and they don't want to get flagged. And we're definitely in a new era where that's, that's a thing. That people and, talk about, yeah, think about. And it's important and it's like sh everything, everything's getting shazammed, the, the algorithms are getting more uh, complex and you're, you know, you're, you're gonna get called out for looping records. Uh, and of course that's hilarious. I, I think that's funny on Spotify. People are, I, I've heard people complain about, you know, the new lo-fi stuff where guys are just like slowing down and looping giant swaths of jazz records yeah and everyone's complaining and i'm kind of like well it sounds good i don't know and but <laughs> spotify's not flagging everybody which is interesting well uh, they, their algorithms work in an interesting way what is the information that they can base uh copyright infringement on it's uh it's pitch and it's tempo and yeah. they're analyzing a waveform to see where the, the the transients are at so if you are given those three bits of information and you alter all three bits of information independently yeah. of each other yeah. therefore you pitch it down and yeah. you speed it up for example which are inc incongruent with each other the thing can detect if you pitch it down a couple of then the transients all stay in the same way yeah. But if you fuck with the pitch and the time independently of each other, there's no yeah. way for that to detect that you've you've made. So like ultimately, like f the moral of the story is you got fuck with your samples enough, yeah, so that it never becomes an issue. But here, but here's another thing that like this really grinds my gears. <laughs> like I get a, yeah. I get a question a lot about like the Tasty Chop samples. Like are they royalty free? Like yes and no. Like the 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 reality of it is is that they're from records. A lot of it's from public domain stuff yeah. and so like that stuff's free reign but then there's a lot of stuff that isn't 
But that stuff is so heavily manipulated from the source material, it's unrecognizable to to, to any, uh, not only copyright detection, but like to the person who made it, they're not gonna recognize it, even if they hear yeah. it, it's different, you know? And yeah. so like, um, because of that, like it's kind of like this gray area where it like becomes its own sound. But like the way I feel about this shit is like, if you're, if you're on a major release level and you're like putting out major releases, you already know that your shit needs to get cleared. You talk to your label, your label, I handle all that shit. But if you're in your bedroom making beats and you're putting them shits up on SoundCloud or YouTube and they're getting a few thousand views, maybe a hundred thousand views, nobody's coming after you to sue you for that shit. Don't let the sample not being cleared stop you from making a song you got to make the song you know yeah. what i mean like yeah. if you if you got somebody coming after you for a sample that you use congratulations bro you made a hit record of course like, you of course. deal with all the bullshit that comes with it afterwards yeah. but like it, it be like making a beat should never be like oh i can't use that because a sample a sample's not royalty free like mm -hmm. bruh do your practice like you have yeah. to do your practice yeah anyway if you think the shit sounds hot, you can make something that sounds hot, just make it. I'm not yeah. telling you, I'm telling whoever's listening that thinks yes. like royalty-free sample, the sample, you need to worry about samples being royalty-free. The only people who need to worry about that are people who can already deal with it anyway. Forget it. Like, don't yes. worry about none of it. Yes. Yes. The medium's the message with that stuff. It's like if you're making, like if you're submitting songs to have be licensed in movies and films and TV and stuff, whatever, that's not a place where you should be sampling records absolutely or you know the, like the media it depends on the medium like on stage i'm jacking huge everything <laughs> i'm playing springsteen songs <laughs> like beginning to end you know yeah um eddie can you get just a ride um <laughs> uh, the boss. that's my guilty pleasure right there yeah i hear you though um i totally hear you and and, and again no just the build being this like having to be original this idea of like what's original mm -hmm. and that was really tough for me because of course i'm scrambling going like well wow like you know i'm i'm this older kind of beat head and and you know i don't have the sound design that some of these young kids have I, i'm not you know my trap stuff is isn't really i'm not the best trap the trap doesn't come out of me right. naturally uh you know are my arm is my are my beats contemporary enough and all that stuff and at a certain point i'm kind of like well you know, you got to make those decisions where it's just like, I'm going to just complain the stuff that I love. And that was really tough for me in particular because, uh, you know, I feel like, you know, the set that I've built and, and those things that I do on stage are like, they're built, they're pandering to some degree, like to some degree where I'm like, I'm trying to please a crowd. Like we're an entertainer. You're making decisions to entertain. You're not like, you know, um, the, the question of what was original or the question of like what I wanted to say artistically was never a question I posed to myself, which was an interesting process to go through with the build um getting headbutted in the face <laughs> <laughs> back to what i wanted to hear about <laughs> oh my god oh my god okay so this was six years ago i was on tour with mad dukes uh, out of buffalo and uh we had a really great set together and uh, we did the show in portland maine uh shout out by the way shout out uh chupacabra and, Shoot! Uh, shout out yeah. Shoot! And it'll buy God love those guys, man. Yeah, uh, man, they're great. That night too, it's like a Wednesday. It's like God love those guys. I swear to God. And you remember you remember those good Wednesday nights? You remember you know, you always remember the good Monday nights, Wednesday nights. Like Friday is supposed to be good, obviously, right? But like yeah. when you do a good like Wednesday night, you're like, oh, Wow, okay. Remember it, yeah. You remember it. Sure. It feels you know, special because they're rare. Yeah. You know, like you and do a great you route Tuesday it. or a Monday. Yeah. Yeah. You want to route it too on your tour. You're like, okay, that's a good Wednesday. I'm definitely that's coming back. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a real sweet spot uh, 
in the Northeast at one point where Boston had a great, um, a great weekly on a Monday. So you could do like, and then Sunday Manchester with rap night. They did. So you could do Wednesday, like your Wednesday, Sunday, and Mondays. You had good dates, which meant you could do Thursday, Friday, Saturday in like Boston, Philly, New York, like the big city. It was it was so perfect. It was such a perfect little route. Anyway, think, yeah. Um, shut up, them. So I did this set out there, and I, I had a chance to do a solo set that night, and I smashed. It was like, I just it was it was just one of those shows where you just you have the crowd, you just they're with you, and uh, like you know the girls were trying to get on stage to dance with me and stuff. It, it, like it was kind of one of those, yeah. <laughs> it was crazy. Um, and I really hit and I remember I was out front and I went to go have a cigarette back when I smoked and I had a cigarette out front of the venue and uh, I'm standing there and this guy comes up to me and he starts um, berating me he's he starts accusing me of ghosting he's like he's like um, you're a fraud you're a fake like you you faked your set you were ghosting like this is bull like you think you can come to my town and pull the wool over everyone's eyes like you're your foot you're bullshit all this stuff and I was like really taken aback. Like I didn't know how to react at first. And so I kind of, at first I reacted sort of on a, I was, I tried to engage him sort of on an intellectual level. I was like, well, here's what I'm doing, you know, which was stupid. Yeah. But cause you know. Cause this guy's clearly an intellectual who's approaching you like this outside yeah. of the bar. I'm going to treat this with logic and reason and see what, <laughs> see what happens. I don't know. Cause I will, cause I was like, he's talking about Technic technical things. I'm like, well, let's talk technicalities if you want. Okay, okay. Um, and I offered, I was, at one point, I was like, you know, come, why don't we, like, after the show, come on stage, I'll show you my NPC, like, you can check it out, like, I'll show you what I'm doing. And he was just like, you know, and he was just going <laughs> at me. Just, he was just trying to embarrass me in front of these people that were ga started to gather around us as the conversation went on or argument or whatever. And uh, this is so stupid. But anyway, I, like as as it progressed, I got more and more heated because, of course, he's attacking like my art, and I'm like, you know, at that time, I was, I was doing 150 shows a year, and like that was my life, like the road. My show was my life for, you know, there was nothing else in my life for a while, right. and so I was very attacked, and I like I got, of course, I got sensitive, and I got so it got heated, and at one point. He's clearly just trying to embarrass me in front of people. And of course, at one point I admit, I'm like, oh, I, I sometimes there's pre-sequences behind. And he's like, oh, you see, you know, and I'm just like, oh. <laughs> so at, he, he turns to walk away from me at one point. He's just like, you're, you're a fraud. Fuck you. And then he walks away. And for some reason, honestly, dude, I don't know why I said this. I don't know why this came out of my mouth. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever said to anyone. I, and it was just like, I was so heated. He walked away, started walking away from me, and I, I, I said, <laughs> I said, if you walk away from me, I will knock you the fuck out. Oh, why you do that? <laughs> let me be, let me be clear. Let me be clear. I have never knocked anyone out. I have okay. never, I've been in like a handful of fights in my entire life. I have had, had you been punched in the face before that. Um, Was that the first time you got hit in the face? No, okay, well, here's, no, this is... You've been hit in the face before and you said that? 
no, 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 no. I've never, I've never been hit in the face. Okay, there you um, go. That's, that explains that. Okay. Like, the, despite the fact that those were fighting words, I'm not a fighting person. Like, I, and you know me. Like, I am. Bad. This guy was disrespecting yeah. people. That's a trigger. I understand that. I really didn't know what to do. A really I, and, bad decision. Yeah. <laughs> really bad decision. So he, <laughs> I, 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 like, I can't fight. I'm ridiculous. I'm like 100, 170 pounds soaking wet. Anyway, so he turns around and he runs headfirst at me, and now we're. We're sort of wrestling and pushing and tussling, like there really weren't punches thrown at that time. And but we're like, you know, we're maneuvering. I don't, I don't remember exactly what happened. All I know is that we got broken up. Like we're, I think I had him in a headlock at some point, or he's trying to push me. I can't remember exactly. No punches thrown. We get, we get separated. Everyone's freaking out. The owner comes out and it's like, you're not getting paid to me. Oh. His friend, his friend, is like, kind of pushes, takes me aside. And he's like crazy aggro. Like he's like, he's like, don't I'll fucking drop you, bro. Like don't. And he's like, he's like really in my face. And he's super intense and he's really crazy. And I'm just like, your friend's an asshole. Um, and <laughs> that's the, I laugh because that's like exactly what I would expect you to say. Freshy, <laughs> so stupid, instigator. So, yeah. <laughs> Well, and of course, of course, somebody like myself who has never been punched in the face would talk like an idiot. Like, I, like of course, I'm not going to simmer the situation down. And I'm a new to this whole thing, so I'm, and I'm a, I'm a smarty mouth anyway. So anyway, we got broken up. There were punches thrown. Was threatened not to be paid. His aggro friend is like in my face, and it's really crazy. And that's it. That it, it ends there. That was six years ago. So there was it, no headbutt in the face. Oh, we'll get there. So. <laughs> So that night, I, I was really shook after that, and I was like, I had been confronted in, uh, for example, in uh, Green Bay, I had been confronted outside of a venue by a guitar player who took issue with my Led Zeppelin routine, specifically my Jimmy Page solo, where I'm like playing the Jimmy Page stuff, and he, he, he like really took me to task, you know, and it was, he wasn't angry, he wasn't violent, but he was like, you know. He didn't like it. He didn't like it, and but but more than that, he was offended by it. He was offended by it, and he thought that it was like a, an abomination, essentially. Just <laughs> so insane. It's like, the strangest I, thing. Like, I know. it's like somebody coming up to a stand-up comedian, like like telling him you're offended by a joke. Bro, like it's a joke. I I said it with the intention of making you laugh. It's a song. I played it with the intention of entertaining you. You know. Yes. I mean, How are you offended he, by that? Yeah, he, he, he basically he suggested that it was disrespectful to Jimmy Page, and meanwhile I'm going, like, it's a tribute. It's a fucking tribute to them, if anything. Um, so that was weird, and I, I remember I, online one time I got con some some guy confronted me for, uh, this is crazy, for the Led Zeppelin routine that I, I play the, the, the guitar notes in my head. And so this guy online was trying to suggest that I had faked the solo with my face that I had like, now think about that, that like, that I'm, okay, so you, you're saying that I pre-programmed an indistinguishable pad. mangling of guitar pads. Which it was. It Dude, is, no, it's totally, like, I've seen you do it, it's never the same twice. But you're saying, you're saying that I pre-programmed and then fake ghost head mashed my pads. Stupidest like, thing ever. Holy shit. Yeah. So, and all that is to say that I had encountered this, this, kind of thing before right but this was like a physical confrontation and it, it kind of shook me up and i was like what is going on here like i'm obviously provoking this now of course not to be on my own jock but part of why this is being that i'm provoking this is because 
you know, like you attain a certain level of success. I'm in, I'm in his town. The place goes crazy, right? And he thinks that I'm a fraud. And that's, I get why that's offensive to somebody. Where you're like, if you think I'm a charlatan, you're gonna say something. And and I, so I understand that. But then I started to go deeper into like, okay, well, what what did it, what is it about my set? Like, uh, part of it is that it. Well, and again, too, like, again, not to be on my own jock, but, like, I make it look smooth. I practice like a motherfucker. I practice so hard to make it look as easy as I can. And that's you know, I think it's a, it's a rite of passage, bro, because Jimmy was saying the same shit, too. Jimmy was like, man, this this was a big problem for me in yeah. the past where people yeah. would say I'm faking it. And Is they would say right? I'm not acting. Yeah, dude, he, he said, oh. listen to the episode. It was, I think it's two episodes previous. He said the same thing. Like, he was like, people thought I was faking it. It was a big problem for me. Um, and the way he said that he combated it was by adding uh, imperfections yes. to, to his set and like doing things that are obviously uh, being cued with his hands and peppering enough of that in there. I yes. mean, like to the to the knowing eye, like I can watch somebody who's not actually doing it. Like I won't name any names, but I've seen a big, big act from the side of the stage that like a homie of mine got me like on a plus one and I came and yeah. like the homie was on the on the tour and I like watched them from the side of the stage and motherfucker was was literally ghosting like shit wasn't matching nothing. Like I, I could tell when somebody's faking and somebody's sure. not. It was a machine that I was watching the machine and then like I, I could see like the laptop from the stage. Like machine wasn't even on the screen. Dude's yeah. not, not queuing. You know what I mean? There was yeah. it was iTunes on his screen and yeah. he was playing the machine on the, the yeah. instruments. Hey, I was just I'd like, there. this is a common thing. So like, I understand yeah. why people think that, but it's almost like a rite of passage. Like it, for, that means you're doing it really smoothly. Bro. You're doing it right. Yeah. Look doing it, you know? <laughs> I mean, it is unbelievable. The idea that you'd like, if it's too perfect, that it's, it's more unbelievable, the more perfect it is. I guess that makes sense. Um, There's another element too, of like people see you as they are. And so a lot right. of times when people right. are trying to convince the world and they don't they don't believe in themselves and they they're right. trying to convince the world of some shit they're they're uh, what's the word pretentious like trying to convince yeah. the world that, like, world that they're something greater than they actually are or they look at the world with that level of cynicism where they're and then and so they project that onto people that are actually shining and doing you know right. what I mean doing what they right. want to do and getting the result that they want to get because they don't right, understand. Right. The, the, in their minds, the only way you can get that result is by being a charlatan and lying to the world. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like, yeah. they see you as they are. That, that's not a, a referendum on you. That's more of a, you know, it says more yeah. about them than it says about you. Yeah. No, I, it's but it's funny because when you go through it, you're like, I'm, I was searching myself. I was like, how did this happen? You know, like what I'm searching for my my responsibility, and it's like, what 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 provoked it? Interestingly, just a bit of an aside, but at the Red Bull, I don't know if you heard about this, the Red Bull 3 style a couple of years ago, mm. the Australian finalist, the guy that won the Australian Red Bull 3 style and got went to the finals, he milli vanilli his entire set. So now this is a level, like, and here's what's really funny. I was with Vect on tour, shout out uh, DJ Vect, um, uh, incredible. And he's the one that blew the whistle on it. Now there were questions about it. Now, if you can imagine, his entire set, so we we're talking about six minutes, six minute DJ set, very complex too, like complex change-ups, you're talking about uh, complex cue uh, point manipulation, as well as uh, scratches, juggles, like a very complex technical DJ set for six minutes. This guy pre-recorded it perfectly, 
Which is crazy. And then and then Millie Vanilli his final performance. Well, I mean, if you're gonna fake it and in front of all these like DJ judges who like know, are trained eyes, they know how to see spot and they don't faking, catch it. And they yeah. don't catch it. Yeah. Then you might as well have just done the fucking set, right? I like mean, you can obviously do it. It seems harder to do it, like to fake it perfect, like have a perfect set to fake to. That's harder than just doing Actually, it, which he obviously it. can. Yeah. Which he obviously can do it. He did it. Like, the whole thing's mind-blowing. And it's insecurity, um, really, is what that yeah. is. It's like, I'm worried to fucking up. What if I choke under pressure? Or maybe there was just certain things in there that were subtle that weren't noticed that you just couldn't physically do, and you had to sneak them in pre, yeah. pre-dunk styles. Who knows? <laughs> I didn't, I had never, I didn't, I hadn't heard about this. It's, it's crazy. It, it, it really was a wild scenario, and, like, watching it, like, it's really, like, I didn't, I couldn't catch it. And Vect had to point it out to me. The key, the, of course, the key was that there's video of his Serato. Like, that's really what nailed him, is that there's mm-hmm. there's a video from behind where his Serato doesn't match, and that's that's one of the most damning things. But a lot of his, a lot of his other things didn't match, and obviously you have to be a, a DJ to kind of recognize Spot him. But, so, and you're absolutely right. So to speak to your point, like, this does happen. Which is really shitty because I got headbutted in the face last year. <laughs> Shit! And here's what happened. Remember, uh, remember Task One? Oh my God! Yes. I haven't heard that name in such a long time. Did you see but like, it's like all that? the effort that that dude took to steal all those rhymes all from all those rhymes. underground rappers, bro. You could have just written rhymes with all that much effort. Like, unbelievable. Have you heard about this this guy Mike Postle who was like cheating a poker in Sacramento? So I vaguely heard so about I, it. I yeah. had this tweet. Yeah, I had this tweet the other day about like what the hell's with Sacramento producing like insane frauds. Like what is like because Mike Postle, it's so crazy. Mike Postle basically he's this poker player who was using his phone to catch the online feed because it was an online poker store. So he would he would have in his lap have the phone with the feed so he could look at everybody's cards. That's so obvious. And well. I, I, I hate to say this because like, you don't want to disparage an entire community of people that are fucking that dumb to allow, like, the guy's looking in his fucking lap, and then for months he's making the incredible, like, the most incredible calls. Like, it's, like, literally they were calling him a god. Like, the commentators are calling him a god. He's, like, the greatest poker player of all time. Da, da, da. Meanwhile, the dude's looking in his fucking lap. Maybe it's just head. it's just good for business. Maybe they knew and they just turned the turned the other way, bro. Well, there's a lawsuit now. That's Every crazy. sport needs a Michael Jordan, my man. I mean, there's a, <laughs> it's, it's like there's but like why is oh yeah okay he's a god but he only plays in online games like he doesn't play cash games in private ever and like when he you know it's like it, there's whatever I mean when I guess when it's happening you don't notice it but like it's just crazy it's like and but again speaking to your point it's like people do this shit. Right. Like people fucking do this shit, and then I get headbutted in the face for it. So, uh, <laughs> so, so, I decided last November to thought I was going to go back on the road, but I was going to go by myself. I'd never been on the road by myself. I'd never done a like a totally solo tour, and I had a number of offers to do shows in the Northeast, and I just kind of I was like, I'll just put it together and I'll go. And uh, I have you know, a lot of friends. I have friends in Boston, Philly, you know, I could New York, whatever, and. Um, so the first show is in Portland, Maine, and it's their um, it's their end of the year uh, battle event, um, DJ battle, uh, MC battle event, and it's a great event. It's you know run by the, the Rap Night guys, and 
you know, it's a, it's a great event. And I got, you know, they had a bit of budget, so I, I, I decided to make it out. So I went, I'm in Toronto, so I go to Buffalo, and I'm sick. It's like in November, I kind of get, I'm under the weather. And I, I go to Buffalo, and I rent a car, and I drive eight hours out to Portland. I get there, and I'm, it's the first time on tour by myself, and I know people in Portland. Like, I've got people, it's not like I'm alone, but... Um, but I was, you know, I was by myself to do the show and set up and all this other stuff. And that's a weird feeling. Like, I don't know if you've ever done that, but it's like, it was the first time that I was like, I was like, oh, this is like, this is my, sh like, I'm the sole captain of this whole ship. And so my first show, so I, uh, I do the set and I, it was a short set. It was like 20 minutes and I, I smashed, I had a great time and I go backstage and this, there's this dude who follows me backstage. I go backstage, I go downstairs. It's like this really nice venue. Go down into the basement, I'm going to get a beer. And there's this guy behind me, he's following me. I don't think anything of it. I grab a beer, uh, we look at each other backstage. Uh, I sort of recognize him, but I can't put, put a finger to it. Um, and I come back out into the main area and he follows me. And he, and he approaches me. Finally, when we're out in the public area, he approaches me and he says, he says, hey man, remember me? And I look at him, and I'm kind of like, I mean, yeah, like I don't remember, <laughs> like I recognize him. I'm like, hey man, what's up? And he's like, yeah, bro, you put your hands on my DJ. Bad idea, son. This is five years later. Now, another thing to remember is I've been to that town and performed since then too. Like, this wasn't just like I hadn't been there in five years. Right. You know what I mean? Like, and this is this is to be clear, this is Portland, Maine, right?
but I'm not like hurt. Like, you know, like he didn't break my nose. I'm not bleeding. Um, everyone's sort of like, it happened so fast. Nobody knew what was going on. Like my buddy I9 was like, what happened? Like, oh my God. Um, so, oh God. So here's where it gets crazy is, is that the promoter who's my good friend comes up to me and he's like, he's like, he's like, what happened? Kills. Like what? And, and what he does is he asks, he's like, what did you do? Because in your mind, how how could conceivably, why would somebody do that to me had I not provoked them in some way? Which is the genius of acting crazy and you know and being all in my face and and, and pushing this thing. Um, because of course, obviously, I did something. Like I'm obviously culpable in my own demise here. Um, and I'm just like, dude, I didn't do anything. This is five years in the But who could conceivably believe that somebody would have a grudge? Now, here's the thing. It wasn't the producer guy that confronted me at that those five years before. Uh-huh. It was his aggro friend, right? He was like, you put right. your hands on my... And uh, it turned out that he was performing that night. He'd been booked on the show that mm-hmm. night. And so my buddy who was promoting the show. He's like, he's like, can you tell security to let him back in? And I'm like... I'm like, I mean, I guess, you know, and now of course it's like, there's this victim shaming thing where I'm like, well, I'm now, now I'm ruining the show somehow. And like, right. I don't, and, and you know, and my friend who, again, too, like, I, it was his know, choice to headbutt you in the face. Like yeah, he made his bed. Now he's got to lay in it. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's not your problem. But, but I, so I agree to let him back in. Cause I'm oh. like, but what was I going to do? You know, like, I don't know. Like, I don't, I'd have been like, it's him or me, bro. I mean, that's I what I would have said in that situation. I would have looked him dead in the eye and been like, Tim or me, bro, which one you want? Yes. Now, here's what's funny about you saying that is you're absolutely right. And I think had I not been by myself, this is going to sound crazy. Because I, if I didn't have nobody to back you up on it. Yeah. I didn't have anyone to back me up. I was I was like, I felt bad about the show. My buddy was like, the, the show is screwed without, for some reason. And so security comes over. And because uh, I agree, security comes over and they're like, uh, they're like, listen, you know, uh, if you're okay with letting him back in, just understand, like, if something happens now, like, if he attacks you now, like, we're not liable for for anything that happens here. Like, you're allowing this person who has physically assaulted you to back into this club. That's yeah. not our fault from this point. And I'm like, okay, right. here we fucking go. I mean, um, it's the promoter's fault, really, is what it is. I mean, fuck who the Because he coerced you into doing that. Like, it wasn't coercion, and I, you know, and he didn't see the situation, so he didn't know. And of course, I'm going, the guy's crazy, right? Like, what's my explanation yeah. doesn't make any sense either. Um, so he comes back in, of course, whatever, he's staying away from me. And it, was, it, and it got really weird because I'm hanging out with my friends, and. Uh, and there's dudes walking over and like listening into the conversation, like standing awkwardly near our conversation and then walking away. And I'm kind of going like, this is weird. And so I asked my homegirl, I was like, should I be worried about this? Like, what's fun? She's like, yes. Here's the other thing about it that's really strange. Is that the guy is kind of like an OG from the town. So there's like, there's sort of like this begrudging respect for him. So every time it's like, I brought it up with some of the people that I really know from Portland. I won't name any names because I'm not trying to pants anybody or make anyone seem silly, but like, there was like this weird excuse. It would be like, it would be like somebody who you respect from your town or community, getting into this altercation with somebody, and you're kind of like, oh well, you know, like that's, you know, that's oh, that's him, or, well, that's okay. really weird. I don't know why he would do that. Not like some people, psycho. People generally don't like conflicts, and sometimes they'll 
if they're invested in both of the people that are having the conflict and they're not personally invested in the conflict, yeah. it's generally easier for them to put up their hands and walk away from it, even if that means not being on the right side of the conflict. But... I mean, I'm not going to mention any names because I don't want to judge anyone. But so right. it gets weirder because the night is continuing and there's people like listening and like there's this weird intimidation thing going on. Mm -hmm. And I'm like kind of oblivious to this because I don't really understand the power dynamics, nor do I. No, do I really know who anybody is? So I'm kind of like, oh, whatever. Yeah. yeah. So apparently he goes on stage and like berates, like insults me and says all this crazy, sh crazy shit about me. And I say, I wasn't, obviously I wasn't going to watch his set. I was just over by the merch table, hanging out with a few of my, just my friends. And I wasn't really paying attention. And then of course he comes off stage and he's like, he's trying to tell me to come outside. He's like, come outside, come outside. And I'm just like, dude, whatever. Now I have security that's gonna escort me to my car. So the venue security is like, this is crazy, this is nowhere, this guy's nuts. I have security's gonna escort me to my car. I'm just like, what? Like, what planet are we living on? Dude, so many things that you just described went wrong. Like, your promoter homie, like, he failed you, bro. Like, you should have never let that guy play that set. And if he, as soon as he started disrespecting you like that, your homie should have pulled the fucking mic, man. I don't Like, someone has to have control of this stage, bro. Right. You don't disrespect the other performers, bro. Especially when that's my friend, man. You don't yeah. disrespect my friend, bro. I think the difficulty was, though, that, like, I think, I mean, there, I think there's a lot of things that are, and again, I don't want, I'm not trying to defend, I, who am I defending? I think that it was complicated and that it happened fast. I wasn't hurt. Like, if I was maybe bleeding or more fucked up, maybe the situation would have been different. But then, you you know, as a promoter, you're trying to put a show together and you're going, well, there's a conflict between the two guys. Can we make it peace and can we can complete the show? Um, but I do think that the source of the issue here is that he was like a respected member. Like, and even people that know me really well and like know, know that I wouldn't have provoked or maybe provoked it but didn't deserve it and whatever even people every people had this begrudging respect for this dude I, I couldn't understand i was like you realize i got fucking assaulted here like so i'm searching myself for like why this happened you know and you and i were talking about when it comes to the purists of finger drumming they're like well those aren't one hits and all this stuff mm -hmm. and there's an interesting thing about purists in hip-hop especially but you know i can understand it's like here what was i i was skinny jean wearing you know, decent looking dude with like my hair out and like doing this thing in his town, rocking, like rocking the spot. Um, and, you know, I represent to him everything that is like, quote unquote, wrong with with modern hip hop culture in, in a way. It's like, I think there's like people a metrosexual vibe to it too. Like I'm fairly, to you? I'm fairly metrosexual on stage in the sense you think of, so? I mean, I think you're just like a like a charming, friendly guy. You know, you I seem like an approachable guy. I don't. I wouldn't call you metrosexual. I think you well, you seem very like, you know, uh, like you could play your set on NPR and you could play your set at the Hollywood yes. Bowl and you like, could play your set in a dive bar. And like there's, you could, a you know right, like, like, there's a homogeneity about that that is like I'm trying to be appealing, like. You know, I, I, I like I mean, short of makeup, like I'm doing my hair, you know, and I'm wearing skin, like skinny outfits. I'm huh. not I'm not wearing a backwards hat and like a fucking. I've never looked at you, you like know, that. Well, I've obviously, obviously like you that. wouldn't. Obviously yeah. you wouldn't. I mean, you're from L.A. I mean, obviously. <laughs> what? No, I, mean, what? I'm, I'm, I wear the same shit every day. Right. Black but shirt, like, black pants, black hat, black shoes. I mean, if you're a, town, <laughs> you're a townie from Portland, Maine. Uh -huh. You know, 
like I understand too, like coming up in Halifax where people had this identity crisis doing hip hop, right? So there were different answers to the question of how do you, what is going to be your excuse for appropriating in a certain sense? So like when I came over to Halifax, the big thing that I saw, it was like cats were like studying there were DJs that were encyclopedias of hip hop records because in order to like do hip hop in Halifax, you need to have a way, like your purity about the art form has to be stronger because you're mm. farther removed from the source of the culture in a way. Mm. So mm. like in a small Cultural thing, yeah. in a small town like, like Portland, Maine, your claim to hip hop culture is going to be maybe considered less on some level, on some silly level, maybe now, but, but like, you know, like there used to be a question of like, if you were a white guy doing hip hop music, you needed, there had to be a reason, a story, like you had to have a claim. Or you just had to be like really good as fuck. You had to be it. really dope. But so, it's it's not like that anymore. It's like a crazy old mentality. We got like nine year old girls getting millions of hits. Yeah. Rapping about money. Yeah. It's the strangest I mean, thing. I just, I think that if you're putting it in context, that's the context that made it make sense to me. I was like, why does this guy hate me so much? Like. He can't really be that mad about, like, I didn't even hurt his DJ. Like, I never even swung at the He DJ. has some twisted, like, perverted view of himself as, like, the role that he plays in preserving and protecting this culture. And he has, like, a twisted view of what that culture even is. Yes. And so, like, he's trying to protect this thing that he doesn't even fully understand. That's bigger than him, but he takes ownership over it. Yeah. So, like, in, in that interaction like he's the star of his movie he's the protagonist and he's defending hip-hop he's that yes. guy in every one of those yes. songs that's I'm, i came to save real hip-hop that song yes. that what the aesop rock song like what are you saving what are you saving honestly yeah. honestly that, yeah. that he's that guy that he's, yeah, talking, that's who he's talking to this is real yeah. hip-hop that's yep. that guy it's true that's who that it is really is true um, and it's kind of sad and and it was weird because i got a begrudging like somebody they forced him to write they forced him to write me an apology what? I, essentially, they must have forced him to write me a policy. Like, who, who forced I'm not him? really, I'm not really sure, but I'm sure, like, I'm sure there was backlash. You just got him. an apology written from him one day? Like, yeah, a few days later, I was in New York, uh, and I got a message from him on Facebook. It was a Facebook message, and it was like, it was the most backhanded, I mean, it was so insane. It was the most backhanded apology I've ever read. It was like, uh, what did it say? It said... He was like, I have a lot of reasons for doing what I did, but I'm gonna be the bigger man and apologize. Oh my uh, gosh. I yeah. <laughs> oh, I got worse. He, he was like, he's like, I don't want you to think that you know, you, like that you're gonna get approached every time you come to my town. I'm gonna let you live. That's fucking. Dude, hilarious. this guy is really, really full of himself. We've done like an hour and like we didn't even touch like I, I wrote down like six or seven questions that I wanted to ask you and like stuff I wanted to talk to you about. And like we didn't even touch half of it. Like, well, you have to have you back. I yeah, I'll definitely have you back. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right, Freshie, I'll talk to you soon. Okay. And uh, yeah, well, let's plug before we leave. Let's plug. What are you working on right now? Um, yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, Fresh Kills. You can follow me at Fresh Kills, F R E S H K I L S on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, definitely check out my YouTube where you can catch all my live routines. Um, really excited about the new Fresh Kills trio stuff that I've been doing. Uh, so you can catch that as well uh, on the Facebook at Fresh Kills, um, as well as uh, my set uh, for The Build. Uh, shout out The Build um, community out here uh, doing great things. And um, yeah, man, thanks for having me on the podcast. Uh, it's, it's great to connect. And uh, yeah, let's do it again soon. Thanks for joining. Bye-bye.